0: Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North.
1: Welcome in Loon's fans to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terra. Dan, how are you doing today, sir? Very good. Very good. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Special guest this week. No A.J. Frederickson. We gave him the boot this week. We gave one Tottenham fan the boot for another Tottenham fan, bringing in Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? Good, 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 good. to see you, Andy. Plenty to talk about this week. Another win, a comeback, come-from-behind win this week for the Loons. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, remember to give us a rating, a review, and a subscription anywhere you find your podcasts does help us get found. Dan Terrar and myself are the radio broadcast team for all Minnesota United matches. Can be heard on 1500 ESPN, AM 1500, uh, 1500ESPN.com, and the free Score North mobile app. They are all the same brand, the same company. Let's jump right into this, boys. It was a come-from-behind win for the Loons this week. Uh, They go down in uh, the dying moments of the first half as we... uh, Came to feel like that was expected last year a ton, where they gave up the late goal in the first half, and then the Loons charged back. It took them quite a while into that second half, but they get an own goal off Fafa Pico, and then uh, Luis Emerya scores his ninth of the season. So yeah, it was uh, it was the it was a great comeback win for the Loons. And as I told I think Cal in the brew hall afterwards, I think the come from behind win this week is more demonstrative of. Them being a good team, then beating Austin FC the way they did last week.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree because you're supposed to, uh, you know, beat a uh, Houston team that is 13th in the table, and you're supposed to do it at home, and to you know go down like the way that they did with the defensive lapse, and kind of do it right before halftime, um, you know, and bounce back the way that they did. I think shows the resolve of this team. It shows that they're able to win when Reynosa is not anywhere near his best. I think mm-hmm. that's important. Um, I think it's important to show that, you know, you can pull out a result without Bakai Debassi, like you're going to have to do for the rest of the year with his season-ending uh, quad injury. Um, and I think we're really starting to see a, a connection between Alan Benitez and, and Luis Amaria. Uh, Adrian, Heath joked at practice today that he told uh, Alan that uh, he could pass to somebody else, though. He have to really pass why? Uh, Yeah, exactly, why? why? It's, why? it's working. working sure. uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it was – I think it was indicative just to be able to, to come back and, and win a game that you're supposed to win, uh, to do it ugly, uh, to get three points at home like you're supposed to, and show that you can do it even when you're not playing your best.
0: Yeah, we talked about that, Andy. This is what good teams do. Good teams find a way to win when they're playing an inferior opponent, and they don't always look good doing it. But have, have you seen a team that looked more uncomfortable having a
2: lead this year than Houston did? They were just, <laughs> yeah. they looked
0: scared. They were,
2: they yeah. were terrible. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, once once uh, Adrian switched the formation and went to a a three up top, I think that kind of gave them fits. I don't that's something that Adrian rarely does. And even even more rare is he to do that at home. Um, And I think, you know, I think they had Mender and and Luis together for a few minutes uh, against Austin. But I think you saw it for a little bit more of an extended time and and Ray on the right side and kind of a three man midfield kind of behind them, I thought that, you know, that kind of changed the shape and dynamic of the game. I do thought, I did think that, that Adrian post game saying that he felt like they could take more risks uh, given their recent run of form. Uh, and that's why he was willing to do that. And it was almost like he was trying to pat himself on the back and I am reluctant to do so because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're down a goal at home against an inferior team. You're supposed to go for it. You're supposed to try to win the game. You're supposed to right. put players forward and try to change uh, the dynamic of it. So
1: it was what he was supposed to do instead of congratulating some sort of deaf tactician at that point. <laughs> I did, as as you mentioned, the formation switch uh, when Robin Lode went up into the attacking front with uh, Banghukla Hwangwani yeah. going off. Yeah. Uh, and him and Emmanuel Reynoso kind of switching spots, like interchanging where they were playing. It really threw Houston for a loop. They didn't know how to defend yeah. it because Emmanuel Reynoso all of a sudden, was, sudden was out to the right hand side and you saw it on the Luis San Maria goal. All of a sudden they tried to double team, uh, Emmanuel Reynoso, which left plenty of space for Luis San Maria just to find some space in between the Houston def- defenders and he scores the game winning goal. But yeah, that was a, it was a nice tactical switch there by Adrian, mm-hmm. uh, Andy, you mentioned it, center backs Bakayi Dabasi going down uh, very early on, unfortunately. As you you tweeted out today, and Adrian Heath, let everybody know today, it is a season-ending injury. It will go off into next year as well. Uh, Just a brutal way for his season to end and for the Loons to kind of go down the stretch here without one of their key pieces in that defense that all of a sudden has, it seemed, come back to life a little bit over the past couple games. What are they going to do now? Obviously, Brent Coleman's going to step in in place, but he's not the guy that you want, I would imagine, game in and game out going into the playoffs because he's been kind of their depth piece for the most part. Right. But after him, they don't have a whole lot behind him. They've got Gucci and they've got, I believe, Montgomery as well. But those guys getting a lot of minutes for MNUFC, 2 We've seen Gucci a couple times, and he hasn't really done a whole lot to impress. But, of course, he's been playing out of position, at mm-hmm. out of the center back position. He's been playing in the midfield, but... Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about that position going forward.
2: Yeah, I think when you have a player like Bakai Nabasi is maybe one of the unsung um, you know, really backbone type pieces that this team really relies on on um, that maybe not doesn't even get the shine as much as his his uh center back pairing in Michael Boxall, uh, mm-hmm. but is really instrumental in in what he does as a left-sided center back um to be able to hold down that back line and and be good uh and stout defensively. So to lose him for the rest of the year, uh obviously changes the, the depth chart. And you have Brent Coleman stepping up and, and they are very confident in what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um but there is a a, a layer there a, a a fall off from DeBossi to, to Coleman. And like you said, behind that there is young, inexperienced guys. Uh Cal Montgomery's dealing with a thigh injury. He was out last week. Um he has not played for the first team, like you talk about uh, mm-hmm. Ivan Gucci, he's played two games, both of them in central midfield. And that's who you have at that spot on the depth chart. And I think it's very concerning and it's me. It should have, should be for uh, fortuitous that it's happening right now because the uh, roster freeze is Friday. So you yeah. can go out and, and sign a free agent yet before the rosters have to freeze. Uh, or if this were to happen, say, a week from when it did, then they're stuck with what they've got. But now they have an opportunity to, to try and go get someone. And I asked Adrian that today, and he said that they're good with what they have. And wow. I, was, I was very surprised by that, that he was not willing to, to say, hey, we're exploring it. We're going to see what else is yeah. out there and go from there. So I think that he mentioned that Kervin Arriaga has played there before uh, for his national team and club team. I haven't really seen that all that much, if at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't know if he has the right makeup to be in that spot. Um, and then also Kamar Lawrence. He, Adrian hasn't mentioned this, but Kamar has done that before as well, I think, in Toronto, maybe with Red Bulls, maybe with Jamaica as well, So, and also a veteran guy. But then you're, you're looking at playing guys out of position. Mm-hmm. You're looking at weakening other spots of the field to be able to do it. So uh, mm-hmm. either they've tried to explore it and they don't see anybody that they like that they can bring in. Um, obviously, John Brooks is a name that everyone – kind of jump to right away <laughs> given the, the overlap of moon's Twitter and U S men's national team, Twitter, the fact that he's out of contract and people want to see him possibly go to the club to, to break his way back into the men's national team. Be a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. He'd be coming in on it as a, as a DP most likely, and they don't have a spot for that. And they'd have to you know buy down Maria to do that. And I think that's way too many moving pieces. I think that's yeah. a pipe dream anyways, but even somebody that's played somewhere, done something, a veteran guy, a depth piece. Obviously, if you want to ride Coleman, fine. But what happens if Boxy or Coleman go down? Then you're back down to right. either completely inexperienced guys or you're playing
1: somebody out of position. Or Boxy gets yeah. another yellow card suspension. I mean, we've right, seen that. right. We've seen that plenty yeah. of times among this team this season already. Yeah, and yeah, no, I agree, Andy. I think the concern
0: is is if, if Brent Coleman is playing at his best, he it'll work. Yeah. But you're right. I think the bigger concern is, what what's after Brent, you know? And, and so that's something they're going to have to figure out. And if you said they're happy with with what they've got to you, that just means we're happy with what we've got unless we get somebody else. So Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I think it's interesting to just to say that we're going to go with what we've got, yeah. right? To not say, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we're, we're going to explore and see what's out there. Just to kind of be more definitive, yeah. you know, today, five days before the, the roster freeze was an eyebrow-raising comment to not even – say mm-hmm. that you're exploring, even if you are going to yeah. eventually stick with it. Or, you know, maybe they're talking to five guys right now and, 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 and
1: didn't share that. Right. right. I mean, that's a question for the future as well is because no, no. look at the, the age of those center backs, they have Coleman's what 34 or 32, 31, 31, 31. 32 and yep. uh, Boxall's 34. So you got, you got very, you got older sided center backs and we know those guys yep. can tend to play a little bit longer into their career, but that's a position you got to start looking at in the future, and they've done a decent enough job over the past couple summer or transfer windows of getting in uh, a little bit younger of guys across right. the field. It's just that mm-hmm. position, they've been so solid with the guys they've had. They haven't felt the need to bring bring in anybody. Uh, they haven't felt really any pressure to bring anybody in, and, but now you're going to start kind of feeling that with Coleman being your your guy up now with Debassy out for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, they have not invested at, at young center backs outside of they brought in Callum Montgomery and, and Kevin kind of at the same time uh, before last season. And mm-hmm. those guys have not gotten a lot of run uh, with the first team. They're not always involved in training. Uh, you know, I know Callum has, has played for the second team, but like I said, he's dealing with an injury as well. So yeah, I think it's concerning, especially when you're trying to make mm-hmm. a playoff push, especially when you yeah. go out in the transfer window and, they could upgrade it right back and you add another DP attacker, uh, to make those kind of adjustments. It, it's really, uh, a, a, a show of, Hey, we're trying to go for it. We're going to try to make a run. We're going to try to win a trophy and to not do that at center back, I think is, is eyebrow raising.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other notes from the game, uh, loons obviously coming mm-hmm. back and scoring, uh, two late goals. Uh, as Dan said, uh, Houston didn't look at all impressive holding that lead. I mean, as soon as they, as soon as they scored the goal at the end of stoppage time in the first half, they started wasting time, which if you're wasting time in the first half, and Dan and I said this quite a bit in the broadcast, that's an embarrassing way to play soccer. And that is a team that is just looking at this point. They know they have some pieces there. They need a whole lot of other pieces to get going back up into the Western Conference, and it's not going to happen this year because, as you said, roster freezes Friday. Uh, but that's a team that just wants the season to end, it seems like, and they played they played probably one of the most embarrassing forms of soccer you can play over the second half is wasting time from the get-go of the second-half whistle. Uh, thats That was karma coming back and biting them when the goal goes off of Fafepico. Pico I think there's no other way to say it other than that, because that's not how you want to see soccer played. And that's just, I think that's what they deserved when you try and waste time as much as they did as early as they did. And by the way, did Fafa take a beating all
0: night long or Oh my goodness. Oh my God, he had a tough one. Man, he was just, he was hammered right and left. Yeah, I don't know what you thought of it, Andy, but to me it was like, it was early in the second half and I said, this is what, it was pretty clear what was wrong with Houston. Uh, there's just, there's no chemistry there. There's no confidence. They just, yeah. uh, it's like you threw together a bunch of guys and said, here, go play, you know? Yeah, I think, the,
2: I think the loss of Hector Herrera really changed things for them. I mean, he's he's played a lot for them lately. He's, you know, a number six, a, a leader. Mm-hmm. Not having him, I think, really changed the dynamic to not mm-hmm. be able to tie things between midfield and defense. And, yeah, you, you're able to see a lot of openings in the second half, as, as Minnesota's really started to go for it.
1: Uh, so the win brings Minnesota up to 44 points on the season, and thanks to other results, which we'll get to in a little bit or in a second here, uh, brings them up to third place in the Western Conference standings. And let's kind of go through those results. Let's kind of mix everything together because it's at this point of the season where Dan is giving me free reign to it's talk about mishmash. the table You're just going
0: go, to go all
1: willy nilly and yeah. not pay attention, any sort of format or anything. Can nah, we, we're throwing we're throwing the rundown out the window because Dan never looks at it anyways, so it doesn't matter.
0: I don't need a script. I just want. I just have two things I want to say before we move yeah. on. Yeah. One, we, we we touched on it briefly, but I could watch Minnesota's goal, um, the uh, Amaria goal. I could watch that a hundred times. Yeah. because it's so fun to think that Houston said, "All right, we'll send two guys." And we'll trap him <laughs> along the sideline. There's no way he's going to make a play. Well, next time they they better send three, uh, because he finds Benitez, and then of course they got to adjust because they've got two guys out there, you know, looking for their their jocks, and then uh, they got to send another guy to suck in on Benitez, and Ann Maria's going, hey, I'm here, you know, and I can watch those kind of goals all day because it, it's it's fun, it's fun to watch. And and the other thing was uh, I have to mention. How close? Maybe not as close as I make it sound, but the bicycle kick attempt by uh, Luis San Maria yeah. was spectacular. I never get tired of those, and I, I mean maybe it wasn't as close as I made it sound uh, during the broadcast, but that's my job. But but he wasn't too far <laughs> off. He wasn't too far
2: off the mark with that one. No, he wasn't. He was really close. He does a lot of overhead kicks in, in training. That he'll do those in in soccer, tennis, and short sighted games as well. And he's, he's very quick with it. You know, obviously you have to contort your body all the way over 180 degrees and he's able to kind of whip those in, in training. So yeah, it wasn't that far off. And I don't know if you guys saw the photo, but Dan Mick had a great capture of that uh, with it over the head that really kind of showed how, how much of a great strike that was. And yeah, I don't think it was all that far off. I mean, it was, it wasn't on obviously, but really wasn't that far off either. and would have been, Goal of the year type candidate. Oh, if, he yeah. would have, if he would have
1: hit that, yeah. Yeah, you stuff. don't you don't usually see those kind of kicks miss uh, very closely. They're either right on target, they're going in the back of that, or they're going way wide. They're going yeah. Blair Walsh wide. So yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it's uh, that was a really really well taken attempt by Louis Amory, and it's just a hair short. You also, I also want to bring this up before we move on. Uh, Andy, you brought this up, or you tweeted this out a couple hours ago. Roman Metenere will be given another week's worth of training before manager Adrian Heath is willing to say uh, he might contribute again this season. If Metenere comes back, which Dan and I talked about this in the pre-match show, that it's, it's incredible that we've gone this far into the season. We almost forgot because of how well they've played in defense and how well that right-back spot has been held up by DJ Taylor and Alan Benitez over the past couple weeks that we almost forgot that Metinaire was part of the team and all of a sudden now he might be back at the end of the season. And if he does come back, you've got Alan Benitez playing really well offensively. Mm -hmm. Where does Roman Metonair fit into all of this? Because I like the game. I like what... Benitez brings in the offense and to be honest he brings more offensively than Metaner ever did I love don't get me wrong I love what Metaner does and what he did for this team for a number of years but Benitez just plays so much better in the offense he provides more dangerous balls in the offense that what where where do we see Román Metaner fitting in if he does come back
2: yeah I think it's a long shot that he does come back just given the fact that he's had multiple hamstring injuries and You know, has hurt hurt his hamstring after playing a couple of minutes and then Mm -hmm. came back again and then hurt it again in the Everton friendly. So there have been multiple setbacks. And he went to Claire Fontaine, which is the head of the French Football Federation, for for more opinions about his hamstrings. And he's been working his way back, but he was really kind of involved in training really for the first time right before he went to France and right after it here this week. So I think Adrian is very guarded about if he's going to be available to play and what happens if there's another setback and, and where do you go from there? Obviously, Alan Benitez was brought in to be an offensive type of threat at the, at yeah. the right back spot and to replace what you had lost in metnair So I really feel like if metnair comes back, he's going to be the odd man out unless something happens to Benitez, just given yeah. the way that they set up. I don't see him really breaking through and, and getting a, a start over Benitez, I think, you know, Benitez has has had to kind of adjust defensively. I think we've seen some issues, mm-hmm. especially in his first couple of games, of of knowing where to be in a back four back line, you know, because he's played in the back five or he's played higher up the field as as a right winger, right midfielder. Um, so the defensive responsibilities have, have improved a little bit as well, and that's something they've been asking him to do. So I think anything that Metinair would be providing would be a bonus, would be a depth piece. And I am cautious to even say he'll be able to do anything. obviously he's he's out of contract at the end of the year. Benitez is here for a couple more years. uh They're building and growing with what Alan Benitez has, and anything Metair could do would, like I said, be a bonus
1: yeah absolutely, uh so moving on now uh let's take a look across the league at some of the other scores and how they affected Minnesota's standings as I mentioned Minnesota up to third place forty four points thanks to uh, FC Dallas playing Real Salt lake uh, basically the two the two next opponents for Minnesota Real Salt Lake Wednesday and then Saturday hosting FC Dallas uh, they drew one one meaning Minnesota has now I believe a two point advantage over FC Dallas with a game in hand. Uh, Salt Lake fall down to sixth place, thanks to Nashville getting a 3-0 win, and we'll talk about the head stomp, or the curb stomp in that one, uh, <laughs> coming up later in the, the show here. But uh, Minnesota now have some breathing space, or they have a point now, looking back at it. They have a point over Oops. FC Dallas, but they have two games in hand. So all my numbers are off right now, uh, which is always a good sign to yeah, be the host idea, and have my numbers off. Your, your idea of a breathing
0: space is a little different than I think uh, Adrian Heats is. <laughs> yeah. So they got
1: a point, they got a point over FC Dallas, but then they have 5 points over fifth place Nashville, uh, which is out of the home playoff spots. But if you look at it like Dan and I talked about on the post-match show, you get the win Wednesday against or you get at least a point Wednesday in real Salt Lake and then you win against Dallas who are not in action. You've now taken one of your games in hand, gotten a point out of it, and then you give yourself even you give yourself a four-point gap over FC Dallas after the win hopefully on Saturday. That's a heck of a nice thing to build into yourself over the, with four games left in the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think if they're able to get a point at RSL it would be would be huge cuz RSL is is kind of right in the thick of it mm-hmm. as well. Um yeah, I mean Dallas like you said is is not playing this week, so I'll have an opportunity to, to rest up, to get here. Um, I wonder what kind of lineup we're going to see on Wednesday night. Yeah. Adrian has said repeatedly that there's going to be some some rotation uh, to that lineup. Um, where that is, how that looks, uh, I'll be interested to see. But he's said it repeatedly, uh, very willingly. Not exactly where it is, but he's, he's said it. So I think maybe something like a Jonathan Gonzalez, I could see him coming I mean, in. Yes. Um, I think that's probably one that I'd more likely right in pen than any of the other possible changes. Um, But yeah, I think, yeah, they're Minnesota United's in a really good spot, given their, you know, one loss in their last 11 games, they've really been able to, like you say, put themselves in a, in a leading position for one of those third or four spots. I think, you know, Austin and and LAFC are are too far ahead at this point. So it's really kind of the third and four spots that you're trying to, to secure. And this week is is massive because you're, playing two of the three that are right behind you and uh you know not dropping points or or even getting one point on the road against rsl where i think it's going to be close to 100 degrees on wednesday and it's it's going to be at altitude Uh, so it's going to be a difficult one for them uh, to try to
1: scratch one out there kind of thankful i'm in the studio on wednesday (laughs) yeah (laughs) be sweating through my shirt it's man, like me I'm at hungry. training today, man. It was, like, breezy
2: and hot. And I'm like, this is awful. Just, like, just to steal the show for a second. But, like, we got professional soccer players that go through training, and they come off, and they look like they haven't sweated at all. Yeah. And then they talk to me, and I'm just, like, it's, it's so embarrassing. It happens all the time. It's so, so bad, like- like, yeah, they're like moves- looking at me today like, are you okay, man? Are you going to get a heat
1: stroke? <laughs> at like, not
2: even a bead of sweat. Nowhere near. Not even like some wetness in his hair. It's just the they're, they're calling
0: the trainer over. Hey, come yeah, take a look at exactly.
2: Andy. He's got heat stroke.
1: He's been standing here for an hour. Oh, jeez. He's been holding that paper and pen too long. I you gotta, know. You got to check him out. I know. Give him some load management. We need Jamie Watson back to bring out the tent that he brought that one time. Just out of I know. nowhere. That,
2: that thing lives in infamy, man. It happened one time.
1: We about him, it all the time. It took him three quarters of the practice to set it up. I know. I know, Because no one weird. would help him. I know. I
2: know. Poor Jamie. Like the nicest guy ever. And everyone is just standing there pointing and laughing at him. And then when he set it up, we all got underneath it, too. Yeah, of course. You, you know, weird. I was like, oh, yeah, let's get
1: underneath this. We need this now. But, like, no help at all. <laughs> Horrible teammates. Horrible. <laughs> Dan, your thoughts on uh, Minnesota and the the lead they or the the breathing space they could build themselves as that, I continue to bring that, that back.
0: That huge one point gap that there's. You know, I thought there was more, all right? Yeah, so there could be more. Well, it's been a busy day. It is going to be tough on the road, and, and you know it's hard to kind of anticipate what's going to happen when when we do anticipate changes in the lineup, maybe changes in the formation as well. It's hard to say, but. Um, you know, this team's played very well on the road lately. Um, and, uh, this schedule has, you know, given them the opportunity to really put themselves in a solid spot here as you go into the final few games. Uh, so it's an opportunity for them. And, and I think this team has a different, uh, urgency, different attitude on the road and, and overall than what they've, what I've seen in a long time. So, um, I think they can, I think they can pull a result out of, uh, out of that match. Uh, I, I, I just hadn't looked at the forecast. I didn't realize it was going to be that hot, uh, with the altitude that does scare me a little bit more than, mm-hmm. than maybe the opponent does at this point, because the combination of, of those two factors will be tough, but, but maybe you get a, a Rosales in there and, mm-hmm. uh, and let him run all over the place and do his, uh, do his, uh, angry, angry soccer player routine and, uh, <laughs> you know, keep the guys fired up and, um, I don't know. I, I like this team when they're on the road and they come out with an edge. I know you don't want to pile up the yellow cards this time of year and, and get some uh, accumulation suspensions, but uh, man, I like when this team plays with that edge and and just uh, a little over the top on the road. And, and I, I think maybe that's what they've got to do on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, speaking of rotations, I think maybe we'll see a, a Mender Garcia start his first start. I think that could be something that we that we see. Maybe they, maybe they go to a 4-3-3 that Adrian will like to do on the road, just given the yeah. success that they had it had with that uh, last week. Adrian mentioned without naming names that there's a few guys that he feels like have, have played a lot and could use a break. So I imagine that we'll,
1: we'll see those guys and hear about who they are kind of after the fact as well. So yeah. think if you kind of do the math on the minutes and everything, it's probably in an the attack. And where they have the most depth is that midfield and the attack, which we were talking about a couple weeks ago, where there was no midfield depth because of the yellow card suspensions and that the injuries. Out. And now because the 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 transfer window the end of it they bring in Jonathan Dalls now they have Will yeah. Trap back as well and all of a sudden Will Trap's looking at the line of like am I going to get back in I'm the captain of this team and I can't can't even <laughs> yeah. get in the lineup
2: yeah, and, yeah there was I forget which game it was a couple of games ago I think it was Robin and and Kervin mm-hmm. in midfield and I think Curvin had a little bit of a an injury so they had to kind of get some guys up and then they brought up like you said Captain Will Trap Joseph <laughs> Rosales who had two assists in the last two games and. Yeah. And Jonathan Gonzalez, who's coming away from from Monterey, and you know has a has vast experience uh, playing in Mexico and for the Mexican national team. And you're like, before it was nobody, yeah. and now you have right. those guys available to come off the bench. Yeah, so yeah it's yeah. it's amazing how just how quickly things change uh, with this team and with this league. Obviously, when you look at where they were at the end of June and how poor they were, mm-hmm. uh, losing on the road at, at New England and, and then giving away that game at Miami and kind of how dire things were. And since then they've been the hottest team in MLS. It's, yeah. it's something you just can't predict this league.
1: It's, it's, it's incredible how like we would go into matches and we'd be like, man, is this, what, what team are we going to get today? And all yeah. of a sudden we week can week out dinner. Like, all right, how much are we going to win by now? It's just, <laughs> you feel there's, it's just so much, there's so much more confidence in this team over the past month and a half than there was for the majority of the start of this season. And yeah. it's it's a great time to do it. I mean, we've seen Seattle do it time and time again, and I don't want to put those two in the same conversation yet because Minnesota hasn't gone all the way like Seattle has. But uh, yeah. if you're going to take on any, any playbook on how to get through in a Major League Soccer season, Seattle's is the best way to do it. Sure, you might struggle in the beginning of the season, but – you bring in, you get your confidence halfway through the season and just ride that into the playoffs. That's, that's, a tough, that's a tough kind of team to beat, especially if they have home field advantage throughout some of those games. You
0: know, we, we know that you know, winning, you know, it's, it's playing your best soccer at the right time. I think you're right. Seattle kind of epitomizes that most seasons. This year, maybe not. Yeah. Um, because how many times do we see it, Andy, where uh, the teams in the east and west and top of the table uh, don't end up uh, in the MLS Cup? Uh, because maybe mm-hmm. they didn't peak at the right time. So I mean, this yeah. team is headed in that direction. I think.
2: Yeah, I thought it was interesting just leading up to this game, coming off of Austin and going into RSL and in Dallas, and given the places of those teams. Adrian talked very openly about feeling like it was a a trap game and and something mm-hmm. that they had to fight complacency for. And and he uh, he, he brought up the, the the sporting Kansas City game uh, from early July where that losing streak. Uh, and poor run of form in, in May, late May and, and early June was still very fresh. And I don't know if you remember that game, but they they went ahead a, on an own goal just before halftime, and it was a, a KC team that had rotated pretty much everyone. I think they had like yeah. five homegrown players, and nobody <laughs> that you really knew on the field that was anything that you no. know KC to be. And Adrian said he, he felt like they played like SHIT. I don't want to give the explicit <laughs> label on this podcast. Uh, And he felt like he had to have a heart attack to get a response from the guys Mm -hmm. at halftime. Obviously they conceded in the second half and Johnny Russell came on and did what Johnny Russell does to Minnesota United. Um, But he just felt like it was a, a poor showing. And he really had to lay into the guys to try to get a response out of them. So given the way that Saturday went, I asked him, did you feel like the guys were complacent? Did you feel like you had to get into them at halftime? And he said, no, just given where we've been, and how we've been playing, um, I didn't feel like that. I felt belief and trust in, in what we were doing and how we were doing it. Boxy, I think, said it pretty well. Of He felt like just given Houston's form that he felt like they were trying to do everything with, like, one or two passes and try to get forward with everything instead of maybe being a little bit more patient and maybe <laughs> a little bit too, mar- too rushed, a little bit too uh, tuned in for the game. So I thought that was interesting just letting them kind of – Get the opportunity to to find their way into the game instead of Adrian feeling like he has to to berate the guys at halftime to to try to get them to push on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up for Minnesota Wednesday night, as we mentioned, going to be hot, going to be late, going to be at altitude out in Rail Salt Lake. Minnesota third place, Rail Salt Lake sixth place. That game kicks off just after eight thirty p.m. Uh, Central Time. Eight p.m. pre-match show with Dan Terrar and myself on fifteen hundred ESPN. 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. Guys, let's move on to some of the games that were played this last weekend. Let's stick with the Western Conference and kind of the result of the weekend, I'd say, besides Philadelphia, and we'll get to them a little bit. Austin FC 4, LAFC 1. I know uh, AJ is a huge Gareth Bale fan. Gareth Bale gets his first start and doesn't do much of anything. Uh, Andy, uh, Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur fan, you are... What's your feeling on Gareth Bale and what he's done so far this season uh, in his limited appearances for LAFC so far?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest story coming out of that one is can Gareth Bale and Carlos Vela play together at the same time, yeah. right? I think mm-hmm. Gareth Bale at this stage in his career is a one-way type of player, I think. I think he's probably more impactful as a, as a sub than a yep. full 90-minute or uh, the first 60 type 60-minute type player. Um, and I think that they were able to expose that, Austin were, and I think that's maybe the biggest thing is you've got guys like that that are high-priced guys, but are they committed to playing both ways? I think that's what makes uh, Minnesota so good is that they've got guys who are willing to to play both ways to set that high line or medium line and, and really kind of force the action a certain way and know a very uh, concerted way to play, and I think we we we've seen those cracks in LA. I think they had a game before Austin. Might have been was it San Jose or somebody? yeah, they lost to
1: San Jose last year. think. Jose.
2: yeah. So they like you just, like Dan you talked about like peaking at the right time, and mm-hmm. I think there's really some concern with LAFC just given the torrid pace that they had um, to kind of struggle or or scuffle a little bit. Obviously, I don't think losing on the road at Austin is is anything to to get concerned about, but I think in the fashion that the way that they did, I think is where the concern comes in. Losing outright is not the, the issue. The way that they did, just getting completely run over is, mm-hmm. is where I think the concern comes.
1: Yeah, and they and as you mentioned, just got run over 4-1. That's, that's a hell of a marker to lay down by Austin, uh, especially coming off a couple shaky performances for themselves, and they know they're hosting What's considered the best team in the league at this point because of the way LAFC have played, and they just run them out of their own building. Dan, it was it was very impressive from an Austin side that Minnesota played against really well uh, just last week.
0: Yeah, and and for for Austin, this is a team I we've talked about it. I don't know what you think, Andy, but uh, Jonathan I. I mean, if you look at the league from what you thought it would be like uh, when it started, uh, Austin mm-hmm. probably the surprise of the Western Conference, maybe the surprise of the league. I mean, did did yeah. I mean, at best, I thought, well, yeah, they could be a playoff team. I didn't I didn't see this coming at all.
2: Yeah, I think – I mean, they were one of the best expansion teams last year, right? I think that they were pretty respectable. Obviously, they didn't mm-hmm. make the playoffs, but we're right in there. And Drew UC is is really a difference maker. Obviously, that's not breaking news when he's the golden boot leader. But I think that what he's able to provide uh, really helps them. I think they've been good – in, you know, making sure they're sound down the spine. I think that's something that Minnesota lacked early on in its years. I think Ethan Finley has been able to provide them some things. Maxi Arudy is, has been good. Diego Fagundes, I think has eight or nine or 10 assists and they've got a really multifaceted attack. I think they've got a new uh, DP attacker that might supplant Ethan Finley on the wing coming in. So they've added this uh, window as well. Um, I, you know, they, they had two games early on in the year where I think they beat Miami and some other lacrosse Cincinnati of- I think
1: Cincinnati to start the season scored, yeah
2: Yeah and they scored 10 goals and people were like oh you know it's it's Cincinnati and Miami yeah. and I was like 10 goals is 10 goals Yeah, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Drew yeah.
2: yeah, Dri- UC is clearly a, a a step above and really showed some class even in those ones and some people were like oh you know it's just the first two games and Look at the yeah, was, but That was one of those. That was one of those. <laughs> yeah. they've, they've shown it all year yeah. all year long. Yeah.
1: Uh, another game that will affect uh, or at least comes close to affecting Minnesota in the standings, Nashville 3, Vancouver 0. Nashville now up to fifth place in the Western Conference on 39 points, five points behind Minnesota. The talking point out of that one, though, Lucas Cavallini, I believe late in the game, Stomps on Alex Mule's head as he runs by him. A One of the dirtiest things I've seen on a soccer pitch, uh, this side of Luis Suarez biting players. Uh, but yeah, that's that's going to be a lengthy suspension. I would, imma- I would imagine it has to be the rest of the season for Lucas Cavallini. It's clearly not uh, an accident. He clearly does it on purpose. If you look at the video, it is a it was a straight red card for the referee. That was an easy call for the referee, Lucas Cavallini. Just one of the dumbest things and one of the dirtiest things you can do on a soccer field
2: yeah horrible I mean, there's really no way to describe it, you know, I think that game was pretty much in hand, I think before mm-hmm. that red card too. I think it was already three nothing i think I think Nashville has kind of rebounded a little bit, you know, I think when Minnesota went there a couple of weeks ago, they were struggling to to score goals coming out of the all star going into the all star break and coming out of it, so Minnesota being able to go in there and get a result was huge, and I think Nashville is. It's kind of put things together a little bit, and it's not just all honeymoon dar or bust.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of the things, uh, Andy. What are your What do you think about Nashville? Because I've gone back and forth all season. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they in the middle? Uh, and they've won their last two. Uh, I think four nil and then three nil. Um, I, I can't tell. I mean, are they a team that could yeah. cause problems in the playoffs, or
2: are they just hanging around? I don't. I don't know. I think that's a good question. I, just looking at it now, I think. I mean, I, I completely missed this one, but they hung four on Nashville or yeah. on Dallas, Dallas a week ago, and before yeah. that, they were you know, winless in what looks like six or seven games, um, yeah. including the Minnesota loss. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's been difficult for them. I don't, I don't think it's they've had a, a well-rounded attack. I think so much of what they were in their lull is it was Honey Mukhtar or nothing, and I think you know. If they if they're able to get a little bit more from some of the other guys, I think that can uh, really yeah. help them. I was I was disappointed just given how strong they were in a home environment last year at Nissan mm-hmm. Stadium and a football mm-hmm. stadium. That when Minnesota went there, it looked like it was you know seventy percent full. If that,
1: yeah, yeah. I had a buddy like, who was
2: there, yeah, and I so texted him like, during
1: the game. I'm like, what's yeah, what's that stadium look I like? Know. It looks like there's a lot of empty seats. He goes, oh yeah, there's. There's a lot of empty seats. It's not that impressive.
2: I don't know what I don't know what happened with their support, but it was really strong mm-hmm. early on when they weren't in their new building, and now it's lackluster. So, um, yeah, I don't really know exactly what, what the deal is with Nashville, but if they're able to get something besides Honey Mukdar, then I think that opens things up for Honey to, to create even more. Uh,
1: a result that kind of, uh, I would say, normally kind of blows people away just by the scoreline, but at this point, They've done it so regularly that it's not that surprising. This is the second week in a row where they've beaten a team 6-0. Philadelphia just run riot on Colorado uh, in Philadelphia this last week, and 6-0 against Colorado the week before. 6-0 against D.C. United. This is the... Uh, Third time in the last six games that they've won 6-0. It's the uh, fourth time this season they've scored more than six and allowed no goals. They scored 13 total against D.C. United in their two games and allowed no goals. So Philadelphia, all of a sudden, where at the beginning of the season they were racking up a ton of draws. They had a nice little win streak to start the season, but then went into a draw lull. But they've now just started racking up wins. They're running away with the Eastern Conference. They're creeping up on LAFC for the Supporters' Shield, and now no one can stop them from scoring goals. That is a dangerous Eastern Conference team going into the playoffs, guys. Yeah, I don't know what you –
0: you know, you right now you look at it, and, and if LAFC is, is, you know, okay, if they aren't stumbling, those two teams are by far the two best uh, in MLS. But what are the odds that they'll meet in the MLS Cup? It's probably not very good. It's not the way it works out.
2: Yeah, not in not in this league, not with how random it is and the parody that, that you see so often. Um I think it shows given their quality over twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight games, I think it shows the uh the quality of Minnesota's draw in the season opener there. Um to go in there and, and get a point I think is is impressive. Yeah. You know. Five, six, seven months on from that. Um that's nice. But yeah, I think Daniel Gazdag, Julian Carranza, both of those guys have been lining it up. I think the Julian Carranza uh, loan from, from inter Miami was amazing business.
1: That's a great you know, piece I think of business. It was like
2: half a million for him to exercise that purchase option. That obviously looks very, very, very smart at this point. Um, yeah. I think, you know, what Philadelphia is going to be, right? I think they've shown it under Jim Curtin that mm-hmm. they're going to be one of the best and, and they've done it for, for multiple
1: years now. All right, so that's uh, enough for a look across the league. Let's get to the predictor. Andy, you haven't done the predictor yet, so uh, welcome to the predictor. Dan, go ahead and explain away, sir.
0: Well, we each pick three matches, including an upcoming uh, Minnesota United match. You pick the winner, you pick the score. If you pick the correct winner or pick a draw, you get a point. If you hit the score exactly, you get a bonus point, a total of six points available, although that never happens.
2: (laughs) so we're back on so we're back on script, we're following some sort of rundown. We're back to we're back to the rundown
1: now. It's taken forty minutes to get back there, but we're finally back. (laughs) All right, so let's let's run through some of the let's run through our predictions last week. We'll start with AJ since he's not here. We'll pick on him a little bit even though he didn't, we don't really get to pick on him because he uh got 3 points last week, but because we're doubling his score for now until he catches up to Dan at least. Uh he gets 6 <laughs> points for the weekend. Uh he guessed or he predicted at Nashville 2 uh Vancouver 1 or nil. So he got he got the result right at least. He got the result right in Toronto versus uh Cincinnati or Charlotte and then Minnesota Houston he got the result right there. Uh, Dan you got two points on the evening or on the weekend. You predicted Atlanta 2 DC United 1. That one actually was a little bit more wild than that 3-2 Atlanta and then you predicted 3-0 Minnesota, which made me switch my prediction to 2-0 Minnesota. I should have given Houston a goal and I would have gotten all, I would have gotten both points there. Instead, I come out with three points on the weekend as I get one completely correct. I predicted Montreal 2 Chicago 0. Picking on Chicago as usual. Works out for me. So that means our standings as of right now, I'm at 36. Dan, you're at 30. And AJ, because we've been doubling his score for the last couple weeks, he is at 20 points. And uh, just to help AJ out, uh, Andy will add your scores to his for now for this weekend. And he does have predictions as well. So. He'll get only single points for this weekend. We're gonna we're gonna change his scores up. So since you're you are assuming, the guest, I will assuming, let you go first. You're assuming I'm gonna be able to get some points. Then, huh? <laughs> hey, it I took just us just plenty of weeks to happening. get into this and yes, figure out how yes, this works. Yeah.
2: All right, so I, so three games this week. Yep. Um, I'll take uh, Minnesota one RSL one. Um, I think they're gonna be able to go and and get a point on the road in, in a difficult place to play, given the conditions that we talked about. Um, I'm going to go Austin to uh, Portland zero, even though Portland played really well against Seattle uh, on Friday night. I think that they're going to the one time
1: only thing against Seattle.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh, Austin is, is too hot. Uh, and then this weekend to help Minnesota United out, I got LAFC uh,
1: coming back in a big way with three and RSL zero. I like it. Here's a uh, AJ's picks. He said LAFC three, Houston, no, uh, and then Austin, 2, Portland, 2, and then Minnesota United, 2, RSL, 1, Where's three picks for this week. So, Dan? Okay, I'll go next because you're
0: getting really close to jumping on some of my scores, so I want to get <laughs> ahead of you. Uh, I have uh, Minnesota United, 1, RSL, 0. Okay. Mm. We we're gonna this uh, this team is gonna get a shutout. They're gonna get a clean sheet here. It eventually. has to happen eventually. Well, it's gone too long. So that's my pick on that one. Um, also on Wednesday, LAFC will defeat Houston three to one. And then my third one Sunday, the Galaxy will beat Sporting KC two uh, nil. Ooh. I like that one. I that see. Ones. Dan
2: is just feasting on the bottom of the Western Conference yeah. there with this.
0: Guy.
1: Yes. Well, that's that's how you get points. Well, you works. just feast on these easy results. You, you, we tried making, we tried going hard <laughs> yeah. and going with the hard predictions early on in the season. There's a nah, lot of pay. red. Nah. Hard smart. work doesn't pay. Never yeah, has. Smart. <laughs> work smarter, not harder, boys. That's uh, right. Let's see here. For, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I'm going a. I don't think anybody's done two nil Minnesota over FC Dallas. I'm going with a two 0 shutout for Minnesota against Dallas this weekend. Now, I I'm like the, that I'm one. The for him, so. I'm the
2: curmudgeon. I'm the ink stained wretch who picked the draw and everyone else picked the win. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mr. Negative, huh?
1: Well, you also don't work for the team like we do, so. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, Let's see, the other games I'm going to pick here New England, I know they haven't been playing well But neither has Chicago, so I'm going to go With a 1-1, kind of a boring-ass draw There between those two teams This Wednesday, and then on Sunday, uh, let's go Colorado to D.C. United, nil, because D.C. United Just continue to struggle Colorado are going to want to bounce back from an embarrassing 6-0 shutout, and they're going to be on the road Once again, but D.C. United have looked like They've been putting up nothing for wow. Wayne Rooney this season, as much I as I, I love I Wayne wish Rooney, you would have known the context of this game. Just pick on a bad team. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I, done, <laughs> yeah we, I, done just,
2: I was I was trying to pick yeah, games of, of relevance to Minnesota <laughs> to keep it you just, interesting, and like I'm I'm not going to help AJ out at all.
0: You, you just Jonathan, you just picked a team that got hammered six
1: nil, and you picked them to win. Yeah, but DC United got hammered six <laughs> nil two two weeks ago, so it's not really wow. That could be a scoreless draw. That one, yeah. Woof! That that one there's good seats still available. So has, has Chicago Fire got relegated yet? <laughs> no, they're still they're still trying to win the World Cup. Oh man, that was hilarious Every year it comes up for the World Cup It's great Uh, So that has been the predictor Now our other soccer-related prediction segment Write that down Andy has taken part in this one He had Mm -hmm. some come off the board earlier this season Um, It is our weekly Prediction-related segment, we each make three soccer-related predictions, not score lines necessarily. We'll keep track of those predictions throughout the year. The person with the most correct predictions, which we'll call goals, will get the golden boot. And as I mentioned, that's the Adrian Heath gnome doll right above my shoulder over there. If you're watching on the video version, if we ever put it up, I don't think we do anymore. Uh, But let's go through an accountability session first, boys. We've got plenty coming off the board. A lot of red, Dan. I'm sorry. There's a lot of red in your column this week. So we'll start with AJ. We'll we'll leave we'll leave all that red for last. AJ said a while back he said Gareth Bale will score a goal in his first MLS start. Well, he didn't really do a whole lot against Austin, so he doesn't get a point there. He does get a point because he said Luis Maria will score against Houston, and he did that late in the game, so he gets his seventh goal of the season. Um, let's go over to me quick. I ha- I said earlier this season, I was looking through this and kind of figuring out what I hadn't brought off the board yet that needed to be brought off the board. I said Dane St. Clair will not give up a goal when he's playing during the All-Star game. He did not, so I get a point there. I said a couple weeks ago, Minnesota will take at least nine points from their next five matches. Those next five were Colorado, Nashville, Austin, Houston, and Rail Salt Lake. Well, with the three points against Houston, that brings them up to nine, so I don't even need the Rail Salt Lake match. Um, I did have some come off the board negatively. I said Luis Amarillo will score an assist against Houston. I wanted to one-up AJ there. That didn't happen, and I said Manchester United will beat Southampton by at least three goals. I was drinking the Kool-Aid a little too hard on that one, and they only got a 1-0 win, but hey, I'll take it. All right, Dan, you ready? No. You want the one good or you want,
0: like, the five bad first? Let's just do the one good and just skip the rest.
1: Yeah, I don't think we can do that. Just in a time-saving effort. (laughs) I don't think we can. I think we got to go through all the negatives here. Uh, you said for your one good, you said Minnesota will win the season series with the Texas teams. Well, they did that with their, their fourth win of the season over Texas teams, a very impressive, uh, haul against Texas this, this, uh, year for Minnesota. They still got one left to go again, Saturday against FC Dallas. So Dan buckle in. You said Minnesota will not allow more than one or will yeah, will not allow more than one goal total in their matches against Austin and Houston. Well, they gave up a goal apiece in each of those. So oh, get four. that one wrong. You said Emmanuel Reynoso finishes in the top three of the skills competition at the All Star Skill competition. Well, there's no really easy way at all to judge that, so, so we are gonna yes. give you the negative on that. What? Oh come on, that's
2: harsh Yeah, judges. I think
1: that's nah. harsh. Come nah. on, we all saw what he did. He? Yeah, right. Was have been a very better. better. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> fine. Fine. You can Just keep moving. Just move along. Fine. Uh, you said Minnesota will have two clean sheets in the remaining matches in August. Well, they haven't had any so far, so I don't They've care if elusive. they get it in Real Salt Lake. Clean it's not sheets have been
0: elusive, yeah.
1: All right, fine. You did say that your new team that you picked in the Premier League, Leeds, will shut out Barnsley. Well, they gave up a goal against Barnsley in the Eiffel Cup, so sorry, buddy. Your your new lead squad isn't helping you out there. And then you said Dane St. Clair gets just, a clean sheet against Houston. and should just picked him to win. So. All right, Andy, fine. You're you done? Just kept it simple. Yeah, that's it. Are you fine? You done? All right, because yeah, so Andy's the, getting bored. The score lines. <laughs> I'm at 19. Dan, you're at 17. And AJ is at 7. So he's 10 away from you in both games so far. So let's, uh, let's jump right into this. Andy, I'll let you start off. Um, I'm going to say, uh, you know, you guys picked more games. I picked
2: more kind of themes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. I'm going to go back to where we kind of started things, that the Loons are going to need another center back at some point, and we're going to see if they're able to, to sink or swim with whoever has to step in, either for Boxy or Brent. Um, so I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing for them. They're going to have to have somebody step in if it's if it's for a game or multiple games. I think it's, it's, it's playing uh, too much with fire to think that they're going to be able to have both of those guys.
1: So someone... Someone down the stretch other than Boxy and Coleman will make a start at center back this season.
2: Yeah. If you want to, yeah, if you want to nail me down on that. Yep. All that right. sounds good.
1: I like it. Uh, I'll give AJ's picks here. We'll go, we'll kind of go round and round here. Uh, right. He said, Luis San Maria will score at least two goals across the rail, Salt Lake and Dallas games coming up. So he's still riding that Luis San Maria he is. He's all in on Luis. Yeah. All right, Dan. Uh, okay. I'm
0: going to go um, top three teams in the West. Are set. This is the way they will end. One, two, and three, in that order. Yep. I like L.A., it. Austin, Minnesota. All right. I'm gonna write that down.
1: Uh, write that down. Write this down, boys. Uh, we were talking about how Philadelphia has four times this year scored more than six goals. Looking at the rest of their schedule, I think they do it at least one more time. I think they've got another one in them. <laughs> you can't call a six. I just did. <laughs> What's the soccer version of a home run? All right. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's, a grand, that's a grand slam. <laughs> I got to change one of mine. Okay. All right. I gave Dan an easy bunt single on that one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right, Andy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just – I've got this
2: written down already, and I think it plays well off of uh, Dan's pick of the top three. In the West, I think Minnesota goes fourth. I think they still get a, I think they still get a home playoff game, but they don't hold on to the three spots.
1: All right, uh, here's what A.J. said. He changed this one a couple times from the players. I don't know what he's thinking here. This one will stick close to Andy's heart. He said, I already finished up. Let me go through the sex here. Dan James will have joined Tottenham Hotspur by the end of the transfer window. Write that down. At first, it was Yannick Carrasco, and then, it cho- then he switched it to Nicola Zaniola, and then he went with Dan James. So wow. write that down for A.J. He's AJ's got Tottenham.
0: to get his AJ's got to get his meds
1: figured out. <sighs> he kept changing the names on me. I'm like AJ, you gotta, you, you <laughs> just gotta pick one, man. You can't keep jumping around. Yeah. Just decide who you want Tottenham Hotspur to spend their 110 million dollar on. I should be speaking since Manchester United yeah, about to spend right. 250 yeah, right. <laughs> in one window. <laughs> poorly, poorly, I might add. Whoa, 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 whoa! All right, <laughs> uh, I believe Dan. Dan, you're up. Philadelphia will not score six
0: goals again this season. <laughs> Write that down. If you're going to lay that out there, I'm taking
1: it. <laughs> Fine, be that way. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I'm going to go with Dan on that one. <laughs> I mean, odds are in my favor at this point with how they've been playing. Four in yeah. their last, uh, what, 10 games? They've been playing lightning hot. Uh, Minnesota, over the last, what do they got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. They will get at least uh, – they'll get at least three clean sheets over the last seven games. I know it hasn't. They haven't done it a whole lot lately. And it's almost double the season total. Yep. And now they've got center back issues. Megan is <laughs> making this easy for Dan. <laughs> trying to get him back in the it's game so it's close at goes. the end of the season. Is that how this usually goes with you guys? Yes. Yes. Well, when I make it easy for him, yeah. usually I don't make it this easy for him. All right, Andy. <laughs> um I,
2: I would love to be able to sit here and say that Tottenham wins a trophy this year, but I don't even believe that myself. <laughs> you don't uh, believe
1: Antonio Conte can do it either. for you guys finally?
2: Um, you know, I've been on this show when Jose Mourinho was the coach. And <laughs> I've been on this show when Dino you know, Espirito Santo has been the coach. and I don't know. I just have leather skin to, you know, that's letting fair. me down at some point. Um, I'm going to say Robin Lood uh, joins the attack full-time again before the end of the year. Oh. I, think, I think it might've already happened to be honest with you, but um, I think that's, I think he's going back up top. Um, I think Bongi will be a, a depth piece, somebody that comes in and, and creates a, a change of pace going forward. But I think, I think Robin uh, maybe not right now, but by the end of the year, he'll be full-time attacker again.
1: That's going to be a nice double substitution. Like that. That Adrian Heath will be able to pull on late in matches is Mender Garcia and Bongi. Those yeah. two guys' of speed, just running at a tired-out defense. <sighs>
0: Good little, luck
1: little change a
0: little, little change of pace from from just Robin's, a little bit from Robbins' very measured, thought-out, you know, controlled, uh, very uh, you know, you know, consistent game plan. All of a sudden, you throw Bongi in there, and he's all over the place. So that'll be fun. So You're going from Audrey Brad Nuneau. Radke to
2: Jean Duran. Yeah, or uh, Audrey and New needing MapQuest directions to the bottom. <laughs>
1: Wow, and Adrian new drive by <laughs> this late in the season. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, AJ's uh, third and final one. He said, uh, another Tottenham for one, he said, Richarlison, uh, despite uh, you know doing the dribbles in the middle of the match and pissing off other players, uh, Richarlison will score his first Tottenham goal before next week's show, which will be on Tuesday next week. Write that down. Two games, I think, to do that. Wow. I think, I think, so, yeah. I think
2: he might actually get a start. I think Sun might be coming out. Yeah, might have to given the, the form he's yep. had this, far, this season. Yep.
0: Dan? All right. Tomorrow night, Leeds takes on Everton. <laughs> Rodrigo will f- get his fifth goal of the year. Look at
2: this.
1: He's bringing I in it. players now. I he studied Dan, this team.
2: Dan, Dan. since the last time I was on the show, he was doing, like, NPSL. <laughs> like, I don't even know what it was, to be honest with you. And he's fully Here's embraced that. the Premier League now. It's like he's was, like he's
0: he's in. He's doing the we're doing the Minneapolis City Men's League. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It
2: was fun stuff. Yeah, the, I got bored with it and gave up. The Coon Rapids Beer League. We were like <laughs>
0: thought it, I, thought, I thought. it would be more fun, but I got bored.
1: Yeah, so did I. Looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> the depths of the dark web. Uh, oh my goodness! I mean, credit to them; they keep their stats very well, so it's easy nice. to keep track. That's but it. I don't mean to talk trash. That's, I don't...
2: <laughs> It's good for them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For final prediction this week, Manchester United in action twice. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Premier League here and bring up their schedule if I can get my phone to work here. Leicester City and Arsenal. One uh, game against a team that hasn't won a game all season. One game against a team that hasn't lost all season and has looked damn good doing it. Uh, Manchester United will win one of those games and it'll be the Arsenal game. They are going to beat Arsenal coming up this Sunday. I don't know why okay. in the hell I'm making this pick because Manchester United haven't looked good. Arsenal have looked incredibly good, but you know what? Rivalries. Yeah. It's going to happen. Go to Gunnar. I like it. <laughs> right. Can that I change down. one of my picks now? <laughs> <laughs> the commitment yes. level so high. <laughs> All right, that's been Write That Down for this week. That has been Loon Talk for this week. Andy, thanks for joining us. It was yeah, fun, it was fun guys. Appreciate yeah, it. thanks, Andy. Appreciate you being here. Yeah,
2: it was
1: a good time. All right, uh, that's been Loon Talk for this week. Again, uh, Wednesday night match, 8.30 p.m. kickoff, 8 p.m. Uh, pre-match show, and then we've got a Saturday affair, another 2.30 p.m. kickoff, or 2.50 p.m. kickoff, I guess. This is probably more like it, and then 2 p.m. pre-match show. So we got another 50-minute or... In us, Dan So prepare yourself right, Is Amos available again? <laughs> we'll just have him on For the entire pre-match show He was great We'd Amos love is him great on. You ask yeah. him
0: one question, man He's gone yeah. He's <laughs> off to the races so. Put down five minutes felt. On the
1: rundown That was too short uh, Nah, it she wasn't enough more.
0: That's one question for Amos so. <laughs> <laughs> It was
1: fantastic Loons fans will be right back here Next Tuesday night Because we're going to Take the holiday off while well, Dan is He's not going to Make it back up to his house After nope. imbibing Over the weekend So Maybe. good luck to Dan uh, good luck to his liver, I guess. And then, uh, Loon fans, we'll will talk to you next Tuesday night after uh, another pair of Loon games. See you then.
3: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher,